This is Miranda Miller. And this is Tom Craver from SEW Weekly. WebmasterRadio.fm has a new way for you to listen, connect, and learn with your smartphone. Introducing the new WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available on the iTunes Store or on Google Play. Listen to SEW Weekly live every Thursday or download thousands of past episodes and download shows like SEO Rockstars, Search Pulse, The Daily Searchcast, and more. You can download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app right now. It's available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. From the newsroom of SearchEngineWatch.com, the authority on search engine marketing and social media since 1996. Welcome to SEW Weekly. Each week, our hosts keep a virtual eye on the stories and people that are impacting search and social marketing, breaking down each headline with expert analysis. Plus, we'll bring you expert interviews exploring the latest search and social marketing tips and tools. Listen, connect, learn. SCW Weekly, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are your hosts. Craver's out today. He should be hanging his stockings by the chimney with care. Um, he's actually hosting a simple webinar, but he'll be back next week with a special guest, internet entrepreneur and best-selling author Chris Jones. It's almost Christmas. There's just four more sleeps. So today we have a fantastic holiday episode. We've brought on a panel of expert guests for our content marketing roundtable discussion. Capital One is here alongside Top Rank Online Marketing, Search Engine Watch, and Inbound Writer. The end is near, so you'll need to take everything you learned today and use it all up before tomorrow, if the Mayan calendar is to be believed. So just before we begin our discussion, let's have a look at the search and social news this week. Do you remember the Facebook IPO fiasco? Um, The part you probably heard about was the Epic Systems fail as the stock exchange couldn't handle the initial demand for Facebook stock. What you might not have heard about is that investment bank Morgan Stanley was accused of failing to provide material information to investors just before the IPO. So this week, the state of Massachusetts slapped Morgan Stanley with a $5 million fine. More not-so-great news for a company involving Facebook. Instagram was forced to repeal their new privacy policy after a public outcry. It sounded like a bad idea from the start, but Instagram, who were acquired by Facebook last year, sprung a new privacy policy on their users... Uh, It was designed to allow Instagram to share user data with Facebook and other unnamed affiliates. It was really a very Facebook-like move, and the public's reaction was swift, as you might expect. Um, Jonathan, do I have you on here? Yep, I'm here. Yeah, when will these companies learn? You can't just spring things like this on your users. Yeah, right. I mean, the the actual T's and C's were like nothing really new for Facebook, but it just shows that you know, when you buy a social network, you really are buying a community and you need to kind of be sensitive to what they consider the most important things with the community. Right, and it was sort of insensitive on Instagram's part, and I think maybe having them all move into the Facebook office had a bit of a bad influence there. What's amazing is that it's a complete repeat of 2003 when Microsoft had Text America, and they... Um, they put out a T's and C's saying that they had the right to use um, people's photos and everyone left Text America in droves. And it's pretty amazing that, you know, six, well, over, you know, a long time later, Facebook make the same kind of rookie mistake. Right. Photos, photos and privacy is a completely different thing to status updates, if you ask me. Exactly. So other news headlines that we had on Search Engine Watch, Google's share of the search engine market rose ever so slightly, bringing them to their current high, which is 67%. Um, It wasn't at Bing's expense. They increased their share by 0.2%, but Yahoo continued their 16-month drop. They've either held steady or dropped for almost a year and a half now. Um, Google has also been accused of corporate tax dodging to the tune of $2 billion dollars. Bloomberg reported that Google had used common revenue funneling techniques to avoid its tax obligations. Uh, They used the double Irish and Dutch sandwich techniques to send profits through an Irish subsidiary onto a Dutch firm, back to another Irish firm to deposit in a tax haven somewhere like Bermuda. There's no word yet on how the U.S. government will react or whether, whether they'll choose to take action, but we'll be keeping an eye on that one. You can check out the latest news headlines and commentary on searenginewatch.com. 
We're going to take a short break, and right after the break, we have a fantastic panel of experts here to talk content marketing strategy. Stay tuned to SEW Weekly on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of SEW Weekly after this quick timeout. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers. And join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. This is Maria Retan, host of Purse Strings, wishing you and yours a warm and happy holiday season and a very festive new year. Hope that business is good and you continue to market to moms because she's going to drive your bottom line. From all of us to all of you, WebmasterRadio.fm, wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. Welcome back to SCW Weekly. Your home for search and social marketing news, views, and interviews. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEW Weekly, the holiday edition on webmasterradio.fm. I'm Miranda Miller for searchenginewatch.com, and we have a great show in store for you today with four internet marketing experts who are ready to talk content marketing. Joining us today, we have Harris Schachter, Senior SEO at Capital One and blogger at Optimize Prime. Lee Odin, CEO of Top Rank Online Marketing and author of Optimize. Skip Besthoff, with 20 years experience in software and digital media as a developer, strategist, and investor. And he's now the CEO at Eightfold Logic's Inbound Writer. And finally, we have our own director of Incisive Media's SearchEngineWatch.com, Jonathan Allen. Welcome, everyone. Hey, Miranda. Hello, Miranda. Hello. So we're going to jump right into it, and I think I'll start with Lee. I know you've written about this lately, and it's relevant to a myth-busting session you're going to lead at Blog World's NMX in a few weeks. So let's start out with what is con- content marketing, and then what is it not? Well, you know, I think a lot of people get are getting hung up on uh, or awfully attracted to this notion of what content marketing is right now. Uh, it's gotten so much visibility in the marketing industry press and business press at large. Um, I'd say what it's not is just information. Content marketing isn't just putting out more content. Um, and I think the difference between that and what content marketing is is that content, you know, it, it, it has a purpose. Um, it's meaningful information that's actually designed uh, for a particular purpose to inspire a particular outcome with a particular audience. That's what content marketing is. It's not just throwing more digital assets out on the web so they can be found through search. They actually have to perform a certain function um, within the marketing mix. Right. And Skip, do you have anything to add there from your perspective? 
Well, I, I, I would second those comments. Uh, I think the um, the main things we see out in the market um, is that people are throwing content out there without a very specific strategy of not only what are their goals, but then what are the specific approaches that they're going to um, bake into the content in order to achieve those goals. And so uh, I think the, the content strategy top-down is super important to developing a robust content marketing platform. And, and candidly, that's oftentimes what we see lacking uh, with, with folks who are trying to implement this. Right. And then, Harris, you actually do in-house SEO. So what is content marketing in your company? So content marketing for me, uh, well, first of all, I, sh- I should probably throw out this little disclaimer. Uh, I'm at Capital One, but basically I won't be sharing anything specific to my role there. Obviously, there's a lot of competition in the space and some very uh, strict policies going on. So I will be speaking as a consultant, I guess. Today. That is totally um, but- understandable. <laughs> Okay, just sort of covering my butt there. Um, so content marketing for me is actually just being helpful to your users, um, identifying their needs and their goals and trying to get that information in front of them as succinctly and as quickly as you can, trying to create the overall user experience that they can come away with uh, positively. Awesome. And Jonathan, do you have something to add there? Um, well, I think that, yeah, everyone made really good points. And from what I understand, content marketing is also massively geared towards helping people, you know, make the right decisions and using content to work people through a kind of decision process. And I was thinking today, you know, when people are for meetings, they send content about what what they want and if you agree quite often the next step is well when should we get on the phone and let's have an hour-long chat and I, I always think it'd be nice if someone could then send me an agenda before you know having to commit to a whole new meeting and things like that so that would be content marketing to help me convert for a meeting right and I, I think also content has been changing the formats as well videos obviously growing podcasting like what we're doing right now um, Skip, you've been in this a long time in different roles as an investor and a developer. So how has the actual value of that content changed over the time that you've been in online marketing? Yeah, I, I got to tell you, it's been, uh, it's been an exciting couple of years for sure. I think that um, especially within the context of SEO, going back several years ago, uh, I think practitioners have always known that, that content's been important, but candidly, there were many other types of uh, SEO-oriented techniques that, that at least in my view, um, were, were more popular. And in the last couple of years, content has really come of age. Uh, clearly, um, Google's efforts with Panda and Penguin and, and others, uh, other major platforms, have also pushed us in that direction. So uh, it's very much um, front and center, I think, in a way that it hasn't been in years past. And uh, it's obviously very exciting to see, not only from the perspective of um, it's a better user experience, which, which is fantastic. And, and one of the other folks just mentioned uh, the, um, the mandate of actually educating user bases with better information, which I think is great. But I also think it's a, uh, from a marketing strategy perspective, when you're doing, uh, when you're investing in content, you're, you're investing in what I think is a long-lived and enduring asset. And so it's, it's just a, a very smart uh, marketing investment as well. That's so true. And Lee, you've actually been a content marketer since before it was the cool thing to do. So how have you seen, <laughs> have you seen the value of content changing? Well, I, I think um, if we look back a little bit, you know, content was kind of a commodity amongst, uh, and, and, you know, and I grew up in this industry as an SEO um, but content, you know, you go back to things like doorway pages, um, and when you think about AltaVista, Hotbot, Lycos, and that kind of, you know, way, way back optimization. But, um, and then into, you know, people would spin pages and scrape content, and just, you know, they would look at their 
keyword asset or keyword uh, lists or glossaries and see if you know there was content to optimize uh, that already existed, and that's what a lot of SEO had been until um, obviously the importance of growing new content has been brought to the forefront because of updates, as has been mentioned. Panda, but um, I think one, especially people are getting a lot smarter about a lot more thoughtful about creating engaging content, creative, um, high quality content. The disconnect seems to be that it's still mostly about the search engine, and it's still mostly about creating awareness. And in the realm of in the realm of content marketing. Um, you know, people say that content is just top of funnel, and it's not. It, it's all across the sales cycle. Uh, content is, can inspire transactions, absolutely. And anybody who says anything differently doesn't know what they're talking about um, because we do this every single day. So um, instead of keywords alone, um, what well, we need content to answer those questions and then um, create keywords out of that and, and, and create our content. So I'd like to move this to Harris for just a second. As content is becoming more important, I think we all agree about that. Does that mean everything else isn't anymore? How do you think the value of other SEO strategies has changed? Um. Good question. Well, as Lee just said, it's not about keywords anymore. And the old strategy of just making content just to have something on your site containing those keywords isn't going to cut it anymore. Obviously, as Google's technology and their semantic matching algorithms get more sophisticated, it becomes more important to have really good content that's readable and useful and it's not spun, you know, with these uh, synonyms just placed throughout it that, you know, you can't even read. I, some, sometimes I go and read them just for fun. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, good content will get shares and will get links and it just sort of becomes magnetic. And, uh, and those are the types of signals that I think search engines are looking for now and will continue to look for in the future. Right. And Jonathan, what do you think there? What's the value of content to a business? Uh, a huge amount of value. Um, firstly, I think content marketing is a natural extension of SEO. And when you do your keyword research back in the day, it could be really difficult to kind of persuade clients that they needed to create content that not only targeted the generic phrase, but also targeted um, certain stages in the buying cycle. But I, as Lee said as well, I think it is a really smart investment because content can be turned into lots of different types of media formats. So if you think of your content strategy as being both image, text, video, and audio, there becomes lots of different ways you can turn one idea into the ability to reach people all over the social web and through search and other means too. So you guys come from a broad range of backgrounds and you have so much experience in different verticals. What are some of the industry-specific challenges that you see when you're planning content? Um, and then how do you plan for those, whether it's health or publishing, B2B, finance? Jonathan, why don't you start us off with that? Um, sorry, I totally missed the question. <laughs> I'm just asking, in, in different industries, what are some of the challenges that you have in planning content? So yours, obviously, is mostly B2B. Um, is it, like, tough to keep things interesting? Are there topics yeah. that resonate better than others? How do you deal with that? Yeah, it's really difficult, I think, because tone is one issue. Um, then there's also you know, regurgitating the content that's already out there and I'm sort of against that. But at the same time, you you do have to kind of follow suit. So you kind of have to dance with the audience but always have some kind of flourish where you can add a little fact or, or new angle to the story or the concept. And 
that's hard to juggle. And then the other really hard bit of it is analysing what works and what doesn't work. And the problem is, is most of the time, if you just use page views, you end up uh, thinking that all content is about doing what the national news agenda is doing. And you never really sort of tailor right. your content analysis to your audience. So it's easy to get misled. Makes sense. And so, Lee, on the agency side, you have experience planning and executing content for a variety of different industries. What are some examples of the challenges in specific verticals that you've seen? Do we have verticals? Maybe the difference between B two B and B two C. Obviously, um, when you have shorter sales cycles in a consumer environment, um, there might be a lot more real time, on demand, and opportunistic content creation, where we're trying to, you know, we have themes that we might follow, but uh, we're being proactive with the community and the industry trying to, you know, come up with content along those themes and, and like I said, being opportunistic. On a B2B, in a B2B scenario, obviously, we might be dealing with sales cycles that extend for weeks or months or a year. And so the consumers, uh, you know, looking for information and education over a lot longer period of time, more of a romance, so to speak. So the content planning there is quite a bit different. Um, in mapping out the sales cycle, different information needs, you know, early stage, mid stage, um, late stage, um, and creating the kind of content plan that helps a particular customer segment and what their goal, they have specific goals and interests and pain points, um, and helping them, you know, give them the content they need to be educated to literally pull themselves to the next stage all the way uh, to conversion. And, and on to uh, retention and uh, even advocacy uh, types of objectives. So the biggest difference I see is between consumer and B2B, but then obviously within different verticals, it, it can be a little bit different according to the company. Right. And I'm hoping that, um, Skip, you might actually be able to speak to the health industry. I know that you were on the board for a popular health website. What are some of the challenges they have there that might translate into other industries where there's privacy concerns and things like that? Yeah, uh, no, I, and I'm uh, I'm still involved with that company, Health Guru. Um, you know, uh, I would say in terms of health, uh, the very specific challenges from a content perspective uh, are you need to uh, basically do a three-way dance, meaning you need to uh, certainly in an online media business, you need to understand what your audience, uh, w what kind of content they're demanding how that content matches up to, uh, obviously, um, advertisers who would be interested in, in um, advertising against that audience, and then can you actually fulfill that content? So um, within the, the health vertical specifically, because a lot of content can, tends to be condition-oriented or condition-specific, the level of content planning, I would say, is probably more rigorous than, than other industries just because of the nature of uh, what people are searching for and wanting to consume. Right. And Harris, I wanted to ask you, um, we're almost through the holiday retail season now, but how are you and your team preparing for what might be known as the January slump? A lot of industries have that where traffic sort of falls off in the new year. Um, so how do you keep content fresh going into the new year? Uh, well... Usually this time of year is extremely busy for current customers rather than prospective customers. So very basic functions like customer service, um, servicing accounts, things like that are more important than ever. And um, it's not really a time for new content, but just sort of maintenance and housekeeping and, uh, and running the ship. Right, and what are you up to there, Jonathan? How are you planning for January? Um, so looking at a couple of things. One is looking at what what you know what are the big issues of this year and how how trying to predict how they might lead the agenda next year. And um, and I'm a big believer also in you know expanding clues as to where to work, what to work on first, and sometimes. What I'm big on is looking at where search engine ranks for certain high traffic phrases and make sure that we're delivering a really good user experience 
on those phrases and um so we're doing a lot around kind of you know where we show up for company name can we give more information about that company and um, where we show up for say how to make money on youtube can are we giving as much information practical information as we can Right. And Skip, I guess you guys are already helping webmasters do that, aren't you? With Inbound Writer itself? In, in terms of planning for next year? Um, in terms of keeping on top of trends, and I've actually tried out your platform, and it's, it's real-time information that it's pulling in. Is yeah, that correct? Uh, that, that's absolutely correct. Uh, one of the, the things that we do is we help uh, analyze in a very thoughtful way content that people want to produce, um, for relevancy. And so the way our technology works is when you're uh, wanting to write about a certain subject, you can just uh, very simply put that content in Inbound Writer, hit a button, and um, we're going to go out onto the web and analyze uh, existing content that's already out on, on the web that is written specifically about the topic that you're wanting to write about. And we'll analyze the, the themes that are in that content so that the uh, author can make uh, more informed choices about, just as some of the folks were saying earlier, what angle should I take on a particular topic in order to hit hit veins of uh, of interest uh, online? So that's that's very much part of our secret sauce. Awesome, that's great. Well, we need to take a short break, guys. We'll be right back with Lee Odin, Skip Besthoff, Harris Schachter, and Jonathan Allen on our Content Marketing Roundtable Holiday episode. Stay tuned for more of SCW Weekly after this quick timeout. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 11th Annual Internet. Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2013. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry today into the Web Marketing Association's 11th Annual IAC Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. Happy holidays. Whoa. Happy holidays. Whoa. That's about the best singing we've ever done on the show. Yeah, when I don't say words, it really comes out great. Yeah, we're Michael Neal and Laura. We're off the LinkedIn rock stars. Yes, happy holidays, everybody. We've, we've so much enjoyed being in front of you and being part of your lives, I hope. Yeah, and I hope you listen to the show. Hope you enjoy it, and happy holidays. From all of us to all of you, webmasterradio.fm, wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. Welcome back to SCW Weekly, your home for search and social marketing news, views, and interviews, only on webmasterradio.fm. 
Welcome back to SEW Weekly, the holiday edition on webmasterradio.fm. I'm your host, Miranda Miller, and we've been having a fantastic content marketing discussion. I'm joined by four internet marketing experts. So we have on the line Harris Schachter, Jonathan Allen, Lee Oden, and Skip Besthoff, and we'll get right back into it. We were just talking before the break about preparing for the January slump, if that applies in, in your industry. Um, Lee, what sort of housekeeping should people be doing with their content collection at the end of the year? About outdated content. Uh, I know a lot of folks don't think about that. Um, I mean, you look at information that you might have published that was time sensitive and w- what are you going to do with it? As an SEO, I don't want to get rid of that because that's a potential entry point you know, through search or link but I also don't want to have a bad user experience. So I think um, from a content management standpoint, it's important to identify outdated content and think of some creative ways in which you can retain that entry point, but at the same time make it a good user experience. And that might be you know, redirection or a pop-up message that lets the user know where the most recent version of that kind of information might be. Um, and then also look at opportunities for repurposing content. Uh, lastly, looking at analytics. I think, you know, we've got to look at the content performance for the year, you know, measure that against what our program or strategy uh, objectives were and determine, you know, what worked, what didn't, what can we change and so forth from a, you know, bigger picture trend level. I think those are really important things to do at the end of the year. Awesome. And Skip, what do you think there? Yeah, I, uh, I would echo many of Lee's comments. I think, um, probably the biggest thing to, to focus on is benchmarking, which is, uh, first off, and, and someone said this earlier, not just looking at a very simple metric around traffic, but really thinking about the set of metrics that make sense and that, that uh, you can make use of to benchmark your content performance, and then uh, use that benchmarking done towards the end of the year to think about what you want to do on a moving forward basis. One of the things that we like to encourage our customers and, and, and other folks in the industry to think about, uh, for those who have made a big investment in content, think about it as a portfolio. And uh, you can think about um, putting different content you have in different categories, some of which is probably performing very well, some of which perhaps isn't performing well, and you need to figure out if you're going to reinvest in that content, as Lee said, by revamping it, or, or maybe that content's just uh, not worth uh, further investment. So taking that um, holistic view uh, towards the end of the year as you embark on going into the new year is uh, a really important step. Right. That's great advice. And Harris, do you have anything to add there? Sure. I, uh, I also agree with uh, the analytics at the end of the year. Housekeeping for me means uh, data diving. So as an SEO, I like to check out the organic uh, traffic and referrals, um, you know, what ranks well, what what uh, what clicks through well, and what converts well, but also on the site as well. So let's say a piece of content itself might not show up in a search engine. It contributes to a conversion down the road. Uh, that might warrant some more um, attention for that piece, either getting that piece itself um, more visibility to the search engine or finding other ways to link that content through already successful content within a search engine. Right. And then, Jonathan, you obviously have a massive amount of content to go through at Search Engine Watch. So how, what tips do you have to make this easier for people? Yeah, right. So I've just spent two all-nighters pulling together the best writers, the best, most engaging articles of 2012, and I was filtering a 1,000 articles to a shortlist of 250 and then shortening that shortlist to 10. And um, one thing, definitely, um, as Harris just said, I'm, I found it really useful to split content uh, metrics into on-site actions and off-site actions. So on-site were being most read, most commented, and then off-site being shared on social networks. And what I found was is that you have to be kind of strict about how many winners you can have, but you also need to open it up to lots of winners. And 
And the point being is that I think the model could work for anything. You, if you try and look at all the data at too high a level, everything, the popular stuff is popular everywhere, and you end up with just the replication of the list uh, ranked by, say, social shares, as you would get from, say, traffic from search engines. And there's just too much similarity. But if you can organize kind of mini games that content has the kind of path or achieve certain goals in a game and narrow it around that way and then put them, put your content through sort of five rounds of, um, you know, strength tests, if you like, that seems to really filter it down. Right, and we focused a lot on, on SEO content. I'd like to just touch on social content. I don't think any content marketing conversation is complete without it. Um, we've seen some huge gaps in social this year when companies tried to capitalize on a disaster or a tragedy, their messaging was inappropriate, um, or they didn't even seem aware that there was something happening and they have ended up offending customers with their canned content. So how do you think businesses should behave and how should that drive their content strategy during disasters? Uh, Lee, why don't you start us off there? Sure. Um, I, I think, obviously, you have to be monitoring, you know, and be aware. And, you know, a lot of fo folks who are using social media monitoring tools are only looking for their own brand names or the competition. But I think you've got to be monitoring the news at large that's uh, relevant to your industry, to your market, things that your customer segments care about. And, you know, you've got to be informed. And, um you know, when things are detected, you've got to pop into those scheduled tweets and messages and get rid of them or suspend them if they have the potential of, um, you know, not being well received or not received as intended. Um, alternatively, I think it's important not to be too opportunistic as marketers and capitalize on the fact that an event is happening um, and, you know, for, for profit. And that's just wrong, and it's also not good business. You're not going to generate any goodwill. Uh, from that kind of thing. So have empathy, um, be responsible, um, and, and be helpful. I think those are good guidelines. Right. And we did see one, was it American Apparel? They actually had... Yes, that's right. Oh, that was just, it was awful. They, they advertised a Hurricane Sandy sale, and the tagline was, if you're bored during the storm or something. It was really <laughs> offensive. Uh, yeah. But it's almost creating this environment where people are actually afraid to talk about their business at all. And I've seen some commentary around the fact that not everyone will be affected. So how do you still serve your customers? What do you think of that, Skip? Um, do you need to stop everything altogether, or is there a way to still go about your business? Yeah, you know, we, we've seen this in a variety of different ways. I just think um, you have to be very, very careful. Uh, and I think that certainly from a company's perspective, trying to engage with its customers and, and create its, its brand value. Um, social and content marketing, uh, they're, they're obviously wonderful, um, wonderful tools to accomplish those goals. I think, however, that um, there's a real difference, specifically as we get into social, people sometimes um, have a very loose, perhaps, social style when they're um, engaging in social media for personal uses, and obviously that's great. But when it comes to business and, and again, representing a brand online, um, there's so many different subtleties in, in messages that, that you might not think is going to be offensive to someone out there or, or in some ways have an adverse impact that, that actually will, that I just think that uh, care and caution when you're engaging in social and, and content-based messaging on the part of a brand or a company, you, you really just need to make sure those efforts are well-coordinated so you don't um, step on toes out there. Right. That makes sense. And Jonathan, I'll move to you. Um, what do you see on the horizon for 2013 on the content marketing landscape? Uh, well, I think, um, I think, People are going to get to grips more with this idea that, you know, social media is like an instant straw poll for content. And all these, you know, metrics like retweets, plus ones, likes, all of those things, plus the ability to mine all of those public conversations with tools like Topsy, 
um, hopefully companies will switch on to the point that it's not about just pumping out content all day. It's about listening and using all that data to kind of uh, garner instant straw polls and what people's opinions are on certain topics uh, and then produce content that feeds into those discussions and is more relevant to people's actual needs. Right. And Harris, what do you think we'll see over the next year? So for me, uh, in the future, I actually think we're going to see a lot more influence coming from there's this concept of author rank. So what I mean by that is rather than the content itself, the body of the page, it's going to matter more who actually wrote it and the reputation behind that author. Um, and with Google+, Plus, there's all these ways to associate content and authorship with a site itself or with just one article that you might have written. And um, this might even be a ranking factor in the future. So whereas we've seen shifts in the past uh, in links specifically from quantity to quality, I think in 2013 we'll sort of see a shift in the quality of the publishers of the content. And uh, and I think that that will just be... Uh, more and more uh, important. Right, that's a really good point. Lee, what do you think of that? I think, I think there's, a, there's a lot. There's more than ever to pay attention to, um, whether it's mobile, um, maturation of social, um, and, and you know, content marketing related things uh, continuing to be uh, exciting. And where's SEO going to be? Is it going to be focused on author rank more so than anything else? It could be. Um, I think there's going to be a lot smarter efforts from marketers towards using data, I think as Jonathan kind of alluded to, um, in what they're doing, whether it's real-time monitoring or using big data, as it were, um, to, to uh, take trend data and, and inform their content and marketing decisions accordingly. Um, I also think there's going to be a lot more efforts towards integration. A lot of people are seeing search social uh, content, email, advertising, PR, and these things as silos, as individual things. That's how companies are organized. But you know what? Um, those who are winning, they are integrating those 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 efforts. Uh, they're making changes in their organizations and their processes and how they're structured to cumulatively and synergistically, so to speak, to use a cliche, I guess, uh, to, to bring those things together. Because to be competitive in such a, you know an age of information overload, you've got to, to consolidate. Um, and, and, you know, I guess I'll leave it at that. I, I do see some convergence between PR and marketing um, happening in a more significant way. And, and I do think, um, although even though we're not heavily invested in it, I do think mobiles and tablets and, and that sort of thing is people can simply won't be able to ignore it anymore. The disparity right. between... Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Integration is just a huge opportunity for businesses. Um, Skip, did you have anything you wanted to add on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly um, echo the comments of, of uh, many of the other panelists. The one I would really highlight on is the big data piece. Specifically, um, if you think about content marketing and, and the general area we're talking about here, it is nascent. And a lot of people have been putting dollars into the space, making investment in content assets, which is, which is obviously great. Many of those investments, uh, to a certain degree, are running blind meaning as people make the investments to create content and, and increasingly more original content, um, they really have no idea as to how that's going to perform. And so uh, there's, a, there's a burgeoning area around what I call predictive analytics uh, for content, which can leverage uh, pieces of data out there like um, the author rank, as, as some folks mentioned, uh, leverage other types of data um, around domain authority and other aspects of um, where that content is going to be published so that people can start to get a sense for how's that content likely to perform before even put pen to paper. So it's an area that certainly in our little world, our company's really focused on this for next year, and I know others are as well. Right. You know what, guys? We're almost out of time. I am 
so thankful that you all came on. You had such good advice for our listeners. I'm just hoping that I can ask one more final thing of you in the spirit of the holidays. I'm hoping that each of you can share a gift of sorts with listeners. Um, It seems like in online marketing, we're so passionate about what we do that we pretty much live in it. So I'd like to know something that you've been working on, whether it's your personal or work time, um, some kind of project or resource that you can share with our listeners, a present of some kind. Um, I'll start with Lee, or sorry, with Harris. I know you have a personal blog, um, Optimize Prime. It's pri.me, and I actually really enjoy that, and my son really likes the name of it, too. Um, so what have you been up to there, and what can you share for our listeners? Uh, well, first of all, thank you, and uh, I am just a big kid myself. <laughs> but um, <laughs> basically... It's just a uh, place for me to share my thoughts and uh, predictions for the future, findings that I've had. And, um, you know, as an in-houser, you're sort of limited as to what you can do sometimes. So I find that is a productive outlet for energy and um, and uh, an avenue for consulting. And I've, I've kind of got my feet in... In, in uh, the in-house world and the consulting world, I just started consulting for a local internet marketing company called Dynamic Web Solutions, which is uh, local to here in Richmond, and uh, that provided some some really great uh, opportunities for the other side of the house. So. Awesome. So where can people actually find your blog? Because I don't think I spelled the domain out right. Sure. It's uh it's optimize or you could just follow me on Twitter at Optimize Prime. Awesome. And, and also we'll be uh publishing more content from Dynamic Web Solutions as well. Awesome. And so for Lee, for those who aren't aware, I actually do work for Lee, but before I even went to work for him, he had sent me a copy of Optimize. Um, just after its release. So can you tell us about Optimize and where people can find that? Sure. Um, Optimize is about integration of search, social, and content. And uh, it takes the approach that, you know, Optimize is a a holistic view of having a hypothesis, understanding your audience, crafting a plan, implementing an, an ongoing effort to optimize performance. And that's the approach it takes for content, not just for marketing, but for public relations, customer service, HR, and recruiting. Any digital content can be optimized for a particular audience. So uh, you can find that by going to Google and just typing the word optimize, and and you'll find it above the fold somewhere. Um, The other gift I guess I would share is uh, we have a blog that's going to turn nine years old in about four days. That's amazing. (laughs) uh, 1.2 million words I've written over the last nine years, about 2,500 blog posts. Um, There's around 3,000 that are there. And I think that's been a a pretty useful source of information for a lot of folks in the industry. And uh, that's something I guess I'd I'd like to share, let people know about. I think they'll find some good stuff there. Awesome. And that's toprankblog.com? Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today. You were excellent. Thank you. And Skip, what do you have to share with our listeners? Yeah, I would say that uh, at Inbound Writer, we like to eat our own cooking. So uh, if you go onto our website and into our news section, we've got a lot of uh, information in there above and beyond uh, information that's specifically related to Inbound Writer on things people can do to uh, help improve their content. We've got uh, some wonderful infographics, um, there's a link to an article there that was just published in Fast Company about some of the science behind um, what at least makes our software t- tick, as well as just other very useful suggestions, real great stocking stuffers and so on. So uh, I would definitely encourage people to go check that out, and, and I think they'll probably learn something that will be able to help their content marketing and, and SEO efforts. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for being here today. Jonathan, I know you put out an awesome post this morning. Can you let us know what that's about and where to find it? Yeah, it's, so that's my gift uh, to uh, readers and contributors to Search Engine Watch this year. Uh, basically, it's the methodology and the final results of 
how um, I try to fathom the most engaging posts on Messi.de. See, readers can follow the methodology, and it's a kind of gamification concept, which I think uh, would be, you know, really fun to try out on your own site. And um, well, I'll set up a redirect, so you can go to searchenginewatch.com slash awards, and we'll just post that article automatically can redirect from there. But otherwise, just follow us on Twitter at sewatch.com, and we'll be tweeting all the winners all day today. Perfect. Well, thank you all so much. Tune in next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific for SEW Weekly with Tom Craver and special guest Chris Jones. Chris is the best-selling author, uh, former president and CEO of Pepper Jam, and now he is the principal at KBJ Capital. In the meantime, stop by our Facebook page at facebook.com slash sewatch or check out our past episodes. You can download them from webmasterradio.fm or iTunes. This is Miranda Miller, Search Engine Watch author and top-ranked online marketing content marketing manager. On behalf of my co-host Tom Craver, searchenginewatch.com and webmasterradio.fm, we wish you and yours a very happy holidays. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. <laughs>